Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hi, this is Stu Hodum with Believe in the Media Guide on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? The National Women's Soccer League kicks off its 11th season this weekend as Commissioner Jessica Berman marks her first year in the role next month. Recognized as Sports Business Journal's best hire of 2022, the former labor lawyer brings 13 years of experience at the NHL and nearly three years at the National Lacrosse League. She realizes the recognition sets high expectations for her and the league. It you know creates a, a level of um, motivation for me that you know, extends beyond what might otherwise exist because I want to ensure that I actually am delivering the value that um, I'm here to achieve. And so, um, you know, you ask yourself and I asked myself and I actually asked Sports Business Journal, like, why? What, what, what about my hire gives you the confidence um, and what goals exist for me to be able to over-deliver for our constituents internally and externally. And so um, those are the kinds of questions I have and continue to ask myself to make sure that we're leveling up the league and and raising the game to be able to allow for the NWSL to reach its highest potential. And I feel really lucky and, and humbled to, to be at the helm and be able to lead us into what I believe will be unprecedented growth as we approach our 11th season. Looking ahead to the 2023 season, she reviews last year's revenue and rating success and how her chief marketing officer, a former SVP at the NFL, will help the league build on that foundation this year. We'll um, be looking to how we perform in all the key areas that we shared uh, leading into the championship. So looking at the league's revenue year over year, um, you'll recall that last year, from 21 to 22, we our sponsorship revenue is up 90% year over year, um, which is a very meaningful increase. Um, we'll be looking at that. We'll be looking at our viewership numbers, both on Paramount Plus and in linear. Our Paramount Plus numbers from 21 to 22 were up, I believe it was close to 30%. Um, our championship was up 70% year over year, and we were up as I think we'll all recall against uh, not only game one of the World Series, but Michigan, Michigan State. Um, and so, you know, we'll hopefully get a an easier uh, competitive set for November 11th for our championship. But we'll be excited to see how we've grown there and with all of our CBS games this year. Um, and looking at our, our social media and our content, we've really invested in the internal function from a marketing perspective um, and um, hired a new creative team and a new social team um, led by Julie Haddon. And we're really excited to see how that will translate to increase in not only followers, but engagement with our next generation of fans, the launch of our EA game, which uh, we'll, we're told will go into effect the patch will go into effect before this upcoming weekend, before the season launches. All these things, I think, will really prove out the incremental uh, growth in all these key areas of business. Fans in the stands are a leading indicator, and Berman's League is looking up heading into the season. Attendance and ticket sales are really the rocket fuel that 
will feed the growth of this league. And year over year, as we look ahead from 22 to the 23 season, we're up 20% in season ticket holders on a league-wide basis. And we've already surpassed the number of sales for opening weekend. So we're excited to break some records. In the final year of the NWSL's deal with CBS, all 176 games will be available across CBS Sports platforms, six on the CBS television network, 23 on CBS Sports Network, and all additional matches streamed on Paramount+, Plus, with a select number streaming on CBS Sports Golazo Network, launching April 11th. I'll first talk about how excited we are about this season. Uh, we have our first CBS game. I think it might be the earliest in the season that, that we've had. Um, it's on uh, April 1st, and I'm excited to be in Kansas City for that match. Uh, we also announced that our championship will be on primetime, which we think is another great opportunity for us to expose and expand our audience. On the eve of a new media rights deal, Berman shares why the league created NWSL Media. I would say there's a couple of reasons. Um, the first is, you know, surprisingly, for me at least, in my conversations on my listening tour with players, it was one of the most um, concerning issue from the players' perspective. They really felt that it was, needed to be a priority for the league to invest in broadcast product production and for the game itself to be able to showcase in a way for fans to be able to appreciate their athleticism and how great the NWSL is. And they really, that was a consistent theme in almost every team of players that I spoke with. Um, I think we also know that we expect to really have more visibility uh, with our next media deal. And we're really looking at this next season as preparation for, for more offerings and a larger stage. And uh, certainly the expectation with larger audience will be higher production quality. And so uh, we felt it was the appropriate time to take those next steps. And then finally, thinking about VAR, there are some minimum standards that are required in order to even be in a position to implement and execute VAR. And so uh, that was another reason that made the equation make more sense from a league and uh, ownership perspective. VAR, Video Assistant Referee, is a literal game changer for the league and its games, as Berman explains. We are implementing VAR uh, this is a really big deal, uh, not just because we know that we have to and are committed to elevating the officiating, the quality of officiating in our game, and that it requires significant investment, and our board has authorized that investment, but also because we are the first ever Women's Professional League to commit to invest in VAR for the professionals, and we're really proud of that and really proud of our staff that's um, executed this tremendous heavy lift in the offseason to get us as ready as humanly possible for showtime this weekend. With media deals for 2024 and beyond on the horizon, Berman describes exciting early discussions. The conversations we've had have been robust. There are many interested parties in the media landscape and uh, couldn't at this time share any of the details of that. Um, but we are looking at it holistically. We're looking at it both from a domestic as well as international perspective. And we think 
that there are some really interesting opportunities um, here and overseas to consider as we think about growing our brand globally and really um, claiming our space as the the best league in the world. Um, we we want to make sure that we provide opportunities for fans to see our games anywhere and everywhere. And that will certainly be part of the strategy and priority for us as we think about the future of our media deals. Don't have a, a timeline on on when that might happen. Um, certainly we're we're hopeful it'll be in the uh Q3 range that we will be in a position to be able to make some announcements in that regard. And I think all the conversations are trending to allow for us to to meet that deadline. Berman acknowledges Latino broadcasts as an area of opportunity where some teams have led. It's something that I'm uh, personally uh, very passionate about. Um, someone we just hired in our marketing department actually was responsible for overseeing um, Latina Latino marketing for another professional sports league. And we're really going to be infusing some of those best practices into our league and how we communicate on all of our owned and operated. Um, I, I believe the campaign that's launching is going to be um, at least part of it in Spanish as well. So um, I think that'll be a first for us. Um, you know, some of what you're referring to is really about like broadcast rights. And I think um, we just don't have a lot of data to be able to offer at this time to uh, Spanish-speaking uh, media partners. Um, so we're really going to have to build that brick by brick. Um, we've begun those conversations and uh, hopeful that in the future we'll be able to have some important announcements there as we build what really historically has been um, a nascent business. But many of our clubs operate in markets where there are substantial um, Hispanic and Latino communities, and they have begun to lead the way in those types of investments. And so uh, we're going to be working together with our clubs on how to really make that a priority moving forward. 2023 is a big year for soccer with this summer's World Cup. A new marketing campaign will celebrate that over a quarter of the NWSL's players will participate in the global tournament. For the first time, I believe, as far as I'm aware of, we're going to be launching a player first, first person campaign that is focused on really lifting up and supporting our players, celebrating the joy and excitement that they bring to all of us and to our fans. And we think that's really apropos, given that this is a World Cup year. And we know that uh, we expect approximately 25 to 30% of our players will be featured on the biggest stage internationally this summer in New Zealand and Australia. And we're so excited to support them. And one of those elements will be highlighted when we launch the beginning of a campaign that's going to thread through our entire season called We Play Here. And we're so proud of the players who play in our league and who are giving us the opportunity to lift their game and to shine a light on their incredible achievements. And uh, we know that this season is going to demonstrate that women's soccer and the NWSL really can be the major player in the landscape of entertainment that is available here and globally. Attending her first U.S. soccer general meeting last week as a board member, Berman looks forward to working with the national body as North America prepares to host the 2026 Men's World Cup. It was my first 
U.S. soccer annual general meeting. So um, a lot of it was just trying to take it all in and understand all the different factions of individuals who are counting on U.S. soccer to be able to grow the sport um, and really thinking about the overall pyramid of the game from rec to elite, youth, adult, um, the pros and the national teams. And I think we're at a really unique moment in time, um, given the upcoming 2026 World Cup, to be able to really redefine the way the pro leagues and the NWSL in particular work with U.S. soccer on our uh, key business objectives. We really do have a mutual interest in growing the game, uh, creating a robust pipeline domestically, um, and really supporting one another as we think about really growing the sport. Um, and we know that 2026 is going to be a massive opportunity for this country. And we have so many markets where the World Cup will be hosted in 2026. And so a lot of those conversations um, have started at the board level, and we're really challenging ourselves. Um, and I would say not just us at the league, but U.S. soccer as well to redefine the way we partner and to figure out um, our own value propositions to one another and what are the most important areas for each of us to offer in order for um, us collectively to achieve our maximum success. So um, I really do hope there'll be more concrete news to share in the weeks and months and years ahead. Um, I know we're working closely with them on some um, interesting and unique promotional and, and marketing opportunities. And some of the marketing campaign called We Play Here is, is really a, a thread and a, uh, a nod to um, the fact that virtually all um, but one of the U.S. Women's National Team players play in our league. And so uh, we know that the World Cup invites tailwinds into this league historically and as recently as 2019. And we're going to be really intentional in our partnership with U.S. soccer to invite those tailwinds in. As the NWSL begins its second decade, Berman lays out some steps it's taking for systemic reform. Some highlights of some of the changes we've made as we begin to really shift the culture of this league for the first time ever, our professionalized human resource department visited every single club this preseason to do in-person training, several hour in-person training, really to begin the dialogue and discussion and learning around all of our policies and what we're committed to, what the lines of reporting are in the event anyone has a complaint, um, either anonymous or if people wish to self-identify, and uh, also the implementation of the results of the player survey that was conducted in the postseason that has given us the opportunity to really hone in on the areas from the player experience that need improvement. And we're working in partnership with all of our teams on the execution of those very key strategic priorities on the basis of the player's feedback. Founded in the 21st century, the NWSL is open to new ideas, notes Commissioner Berman. As I think I've mentioned consistently since I came, there, there's really nothing that's off the table in terms of consideration. And one of the exciting things about being part of a challenger league and a challenger property is that um, unlike some of the other leagues where I've worked, we we don't have 100 years of history that we need to work against um, to be able to think about redefining 
how we do things and to infuse innovation into the league and our um, and our operations. It all starts Saturday at 2 p.m. Eastern on Paramount Plus as the North Carolina Courage hosts the Kansas City Current. Thanks for listening to Believe in the Media Guide. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and rate the podcast on iTunes and find us wherever you get podcasts, including Believe.com. That's B-L-E-A-V.com. I'm on Twitter at Hotem, H-O-T-H-E-M as in Mary. Stay tuned and stay safe. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.